from Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Hello, I'm Graham, VK4BB. This is National News for week commencing May 10, 2015, the very first broadcast of the new WIA year. And it's great to be broadcasting to all the delegates who made the track to Canberra for the weekend. Omega Tower comes down. The Department of Defence demolished the Omega Communications Tower on the former naval transmission site at Darriman, Victoria, on April 22. Parliamentary Secretary to the Minister of Defence and local member for Gippsland, Darren Chester, said the demolition was completed successfully and without incident. For safety reasons, traffic on the nearby South Gippsland Highway was halted for a short period whilst the tower demolition occurred. Defence contractor Liberty Industrial cut selected guy cables by explosive charge, then the tower structure was destabilised and it collapsed upon itself in four large sections. Well, it may be over for another hundred years, but the first centenary of Anzac lives on. Anzac pilgrimage display of goodwill. The enduring Turkey-Australian friendship born out of the World War I conflict at Gallipoli 100 years ago has resulted in a special presentation by track. June Sim, VK4SJ, visiting Gallipoli for the Anzac Day services on the former battlefield of a late father, was met by track officials, including its president, as is Sasa TA1E. June was awarded a certificate of participation and a medal given by track. ANZAC 100 on the airwaves around Australia. And first in this report, we'll hear direct from VK5 Baker Baker, VK5BB, from the Amateur Radio Experimenters Group, who activated commemorative call sign VI5 ANZAC. Over the 2015 ANZAC Day and the following week, members of the Amateur Radio Experimenters Group here in VK5 had the very distinctive privilege and pleasure to operate under the call sign VI5 ANZAC. ARIG has now reviewed all of the activity members were able to undertake as part of the commemorative activation of VI5 ANZAC, remembering 100 years since the ANZAC force landed on the shores of Gallipoli in World War I. In all, the ARIG team worked a total of 1,290 QSOs over 10 bands, 48 DXCC entities, 43 US states, 21 CQ zones and 40 IOTAs in the spirit of fostering international friendship and peace. The highlights of the activation for the AREG members were working a number of Turkish special event stations. It was great to make these contacts. AREG would like to thank the Wireless Institute of Australia for all the efforts they have made to arrange for and coordinate the state-based commemorative call signs. Details of AREG's ANZAC operations may be read on AREG's web pages at www.areg.org.au. I'm Ben. VK5BB for the Amateur Radio Experimenters Group. Ben is also a long-time rebroadcaster of this, the WIA National News, on the Magic Band in South Australia. This VI5 ANZAC activation was in honour of the 10th Battalion, which was raised in SA in August of 1914. Also on ANZAC Day, VI8 ANZAC was from Alice Springs and was very busy. The operation then switched to the Darwin North RSL on the Sunday. There was plenty of action on the HF bands by serving defence members who were very honoured in putting VI-8 ANZAC to air for the rest of the week. Now we look at the activity taking place this week. Although the CW mode is used during the WIA ANZAC program, a very special Morse code activation is planned by the Manly Warringah Radio Society of New South Wales. 
This weekend, the call sign VI2 Anzac is on many HF bands for seven days in commemoration of the landing of the Australian and New Zealand Army Corps Anzac at Gallipoli 100 years ago. Patrick VK2PN says the operation between May 9 and 15 will be CW-only expedition style, that is, as many hours as propagation and stamina will allow. Townsville in Queensland is activating VI4 Anzac in memory of all who served our nation in a time of great need. This commemorative station is on CWSSB and the digital modes. And all this weekend, operation is from the Townsville Amateur Radio Club Rooms, which is the old World War II Pacific Theatre Communication Centre. During the week, VI4 Anzac will be in homes built on what used to be one of the largest air bases in the Pacific Theatre of Operations, RAAF headquarters, and adjacent to one of the largest army bases in Australia today. Looking further ahead... VK100 Anzac will be activated by Wade Milford, VK4WM in Harvey Bay for two days, May 15 and 16, to commemorate Lieutenant Duncan Chapman, said to be the first man to land at Gallipoli. Meantime, ZL100 Anzac by the New Zealand Association of Radio Transmitters continues to be heard, active on the HF bands. For all information about Anzac 100 and its 40 events, please see the WIA website, wia.org.au. Disaster Communication Group calls for a release of radio gear. The Computer Association of Nepal USA, that's CAN USA, has called on the amateur radio community to urge the government of Nepal to release radio equipment being held up in customs so it can be used to support the earthquake relief and recovery effort. An ARRL report says CAN USA held a news conference May 1 to publicise its role in providing disaster communication in Nepal as well as to promote its fundraising efforts. CAN USA calls its project to advance amateur radio in Nepal Radio Mala, describing it as disaster communication infrastructure to connect Kathmandu and surrounding regions in a ring of protective ham radio communication. Advanced radio equipment intended for the Radio Mola project has been locked up in Nepalese customs since March. Equipment for a next-generation amateur radio, which may have saved lives had it been deployed before the earthquake struck, the organisation said. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions. www.wia.org.au Hams across Australia, Dick Smith, VK2DIK, is currently conducting aerial surveys in VK5 and 6 over portions of the Nullarbor. Commencing today, Sunday, and continuing until Thursday the 14th, he'll be able to operate amateur radio from his aircraft. During some of the time, he'll be on 20 metres on a fixed frequency of 14.146. Whilst the operating times are not known, Dick will try to come up on this frequency on the hour. You will have to listen on the hour during daylight to see if Dick is available. The frequency again, 14.146, upper sideband, and the call sign in use, VK2DIK slash Aeronautical Mobile. Duration of the operation again, Sunday 10 to Thursday the 14th. VK3, winter looms and snow has already fallen. The Bogong High Plains Winter Mini Expedition in the Victorian Alps is on again this year and final planning is being made for a team of experienced skiers. Brothers Stephen VK3SN and Jared VK3GT will lead the skiers and use ultra-lightweight solar-powered QRP gear on all bands 80 metres to 70 centimetres.
They'll be joined by Michael, VK3FMAW, and a few experienced backcountry skiers from August 11 to 14. The team will listen on 40 metres each afternoon and 80 at night, camping out in deep snow above 1,800 metres elevation. VK6, the following is from Andrew, VK6AS, West Australian Amateur Radio News, Incorporated. Last Monday, the ABC Breaking News reported that a 68-year-old man had been rescued from a stricken yacht 130 kilometres east of Esperance, off Western Australia's south coast. The skipper, the only person on board, activated an EPIRB at about 7.30am after his mast broke. Water police said it appeared that the yacht had then washed against the rocks. The Australian Maritime Safety Authority sent two rescue helicopters and a fixed-wing aircraft to find the vessel. WA Police, SES, Volunteer Marine Rescue and the Department of Transport and Fisheries were involved in the rescue. AMSA confirmed a helicopter was able to land near the rocks and the yachtsman was winched to safety. He was checked by ambulance officers and was in good health. As is often the case, there is a little bit more to this story and as is too frequent, the media failed to get the facts quite right and also paid no credit to the involvement of amateur radio. So here is the full story. The very experienced skipper of the yacht Vector is Peter VK6BJC who was voyaging to Adelaide. Stormy weather was forecast and so he anchored overnight in Goose Island Bay in the Recherche Archipelago of southern WA, waiting for it to pass. Winds picked up to beyond 40 knots or strong gale force and the anchor started to drag. Peter motored against the wind for nearly four hours to relieve the pressure on the anchor and maintain position. But then the motor suddenly cut out and he was adrift. Raising sail was to no avail as it almost immediately blew out in the gale. His craft was washed over a rock, bending the rudder and skeg. Even the emergency tiller was of no use as he drifted helplessly towards a rock off Miles Island. Peter was in an emergency situation and he deployed his EPIRB. He set off flares and called Mayday, both on Marine HF and on the 40 metre AR band. Western Australian amateurs VK6TWJ, Ian, VK6FABC, John, VK6JI, Chris and Richard, VK6HRC all heard a faint Mayday call and answered the call in turn with no reply heard. Then about 10 minutes later they were able to hear Peter and get his current position. Michael VK6TX also heard his call and immediately called the water police. This was even before AMSA had alerted them after the EPIRB activation. Engine has stopped working, I hit a rock and rudder is inoperable. Sails have just blown out and my emergency rudder fell overboard. Emergency procedures swung into action. VK6DW, Ian, Peter's brother, was phoned by AMSA as the first person on their calling list. As Peter and Ian had a regular morning and evening radio sked, he was able to tell them of Vector's last recorded position at sea. Ian then quickly put out a call on 40 metres, made contact with his brother, to be told that Peter expected to have to abandon ship within minutes. This message was relayed to AMSA together with an accurate position. Michael, VK6TX, came back and suggested using the VHF repeater channel at Esperance to communicate with the WA Water Police in Fremantle but the situation deteriorated and before this could be relayed Peter went QRT with the report that I'm going to be my last transmission over Roger that I'm leaving now and going on Nearly an hour passed before Peter called again on 40 metres. His signal was very weak, perhaps a 3 by 5 but a QSO was made and confirmed that he was still a board vector in the cockpit. Ian asked him to try the VHF channel as suggested by Michael VK6TX. So 
He did so and immediately got a response from WA Water Police, who together with AMSA dispatched aircraft to the scene. Peter also utilised VHF to talk to the helicopter pilot as it landed on the rock. He was able to walk to the helicopter and flown to Esperance, where he was checked out medically and reunited with his family. It's great to let you know that Peter is well, and he wants me to tell you that between the WA Water Police and AMSA, my rescue was outstanding and seemingly without issue. Just another day in the office for these people, he said. Amateur Radio made the communication by me on Vector Possible, with quite a number of people listening in and helping out. Ian also added, Ham Radio allowed me to let Peter know that help was on the way and to pass on some very helpful advice at what was a very stressful time. He continued, It also made sure that the information relayed in both directions was accurate. Peter, Ian and the family are very grateful to all of the emergency services and to all of the radio amateurs that helped prevent what could have been a tragedy. Radio amateurs yet again show their importance to our communities in times of crisis and emergency. With thanks to all of the amateurs involved in the rescue and to Chris VK6JI for the sound recordings, this is Andrew VK6 Alpha Sierra reporting to the WIA National News for WA Amateur Radio News. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA Amateur Radio News Service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au What use is an F-call? One of the innocuous questions you're asked during a contact is What is your QDH? Or where are you? Often this is followed by a whole story about a goat track and so many kilometres away from some landmark. If you're dealing with an experienced operator, they'll simplify that to something like 10 kilometres northeast of Tokyo. Often that's more than accurate enough, but how do you communicate a more accurate location? In this age of GPS, we've all come to know that you can express any location on Earth with two numbers, a latitude and a longitude. For example, the main 2-metre repeater in Perth, VK6RAP, is located at 32 degrees, 6 minutes and 4 seconds south, 116 degrees, 3 minutes east, or digitally, minus 32.100054,116.051551. That's a right royal mouthful. We could improve on that by using a different system of indicating a location. We could use something called a maidenhead locator. For VK6 RAP, the locator grid square is Oscar Fox 87 Alpha Victor. I'll say that again. Oscar Fox 87 Alpha Victor. That's it. The whole location. Now, to be fair, I should point out that the maidenhead locator I just told you is in fact a box. Any two points in a box are less than 12 kilometers apart, so it's pretty high accuracy for so few characters. We could add another couple of letters and increase the accuracy to a couple of meters. Oscar Fox 87 Alpha Victor 66 Echo Alpha is 10 characters. Same accuracy as the GPS location I gave earlier, except that was 20 characters and that's not counting south or east. In typical use, we use 6 characters for more than enough accuracy for most amateur purposes. It's pretty straightforward. Break the planet down into squares, allocate a letter to each grid, break that square down and so on. 
If you want the full details on this, have a look at Wikipedia. It's all there in full glorious detail, including some example code to write your own software to do conversions. Invented in parallel by John Golf 4 Alpha November Bravo in Folky Sierra Mike 5 Alpha Golf Mike, the Maidenhead locator system was adopted by the IARU Region 1 in 1982 and started use on January 1st, 1985. We might have been doing amateur radio for over a hundred years, but we're still inventing things much more recently. I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot, Lima Alpha Bravo, currently located at Oscar Fox 78 Whiskey Charlie. International news. I'm John Mazels, VK2 JPM. The Nepal earthquake disaster recovery continues. The rescue teams are still going through rubble, including levelled buildings and landslides, looking for human remains after that 7.8 earthquake struck the landlocked mountainous nation of Nepal. After two weeks, the official death toll is well over 7,000, with 1,400 injured and many people left homeless. National Coordinator for Disaster Communication in India, Jayu VU2JAU, says all radio amateurs are working hard with emergency communications, although power and telecommunications are slowly being restored. Satish 9N1AA in Nepal continues to exchange information with Indian operators every two hours. VU2JAU reports that power in some areas is still cut. His efforts through the Lions Club Gwalior India has obtained hand-crank chargers to recharge mobile phones and should soon be shipped to Nepal. Foreign aid is arriving, but the importation of radio equipment remains problematical due to customs procedures being invoked in the Nepalese capital of Kathmandu, as we heard earlier in this newscast. A graphene-based light bulb is to go on sale this year. The BBC reports that a graphene bulb is set to go on sale. United Kingdom developers said their graphene bulb will be the first commercially viable consumer product using the super-strong carbon. The dimmable bulb has filament-shaped LED coated in graphene. Because of its conductivity, the bulb can last longer and is said to cut energy use by 10%. It's also expected to be priced lower than some LED bulbs. The bulb is being manufactured by a Canadian-financed company called Graphene Lighting. An upgraded atomic clock is the most accurate timekeeper in the world. It'll run 15 billion years without losing or gaining a second. Researchers in the US have given their atomic clock a few tweaks, and now that it won't lose or gain a second in 15 billion years, it's broken the record for the most accurate clock in the world. And not just by a little bit. It's now three times more accurate than the previous record holder, which was itself last year. AMSAT Field Ops Team SO50 Operating Guide is available. AMSAT's Director of Field Operations, Patrick Stoddard, WD9EWK, says the Field Ops Team is working to make how-to-operate satellites information readily available on the web. Based on a ham-fest handout designed and written by Patrick, getting started with the FM satellites, it's available for download. Patrick shows the basic equipment and techniques to learn successful operating on the satellites. This guide also gives specific information on how to operate via SO50, the only currently available FM satellite. 
Hamvention 2015, lots of big prizes this year. Prizes to be awarded at the 2015 Dayton Hamvention have exceeded $55,000 and additional donations are still coming in. This according to Tom Holmes, N8ZM, who is serving as the 2015 Prize Committee Chairman. Several transceivers highlight the major prizes. The biggest prize in physical size is a 55-foot crank-up tower. Let's see how any visiting ZL or VK gets on shipping that one home. Bit big for hand carry. About 100 vendors have contributed prizes so far. Holmes notes that some of the hourly prizes may also be substantial and represent a broad spectrum of items of interest to hams. News, talk and radio sport. Here with VK1 WIA. Operational news on Felix VK 4FUQ, Dateline 2015. Well, it may not be the world's most secret contest, but last weekend was the Harry Angel Memorial Sprint. Although no pre-publicity from organisers, hopefully we will be able to bring you the results here shortly. Next WIA contest is the Trans-Tasman Contest, dated in July from 0800 hours UTC. Special event stations, DX Beacon, Repeater and Nervous. OH3WS will once again be active as OJ0W for Market Reef between May the 23rd and 31st. He is there as a voluntary worker and will operate during his spare time. His operations will be on 40 metres through 10 metres mostly CW, but with some SSB. QSL Boris Home call sign OH3WS. Aruba P40CD, P40FN and P40FY from Cook's Radio Retreat on Aruba between May the 19th and the 26th. Activity will be on the high frequency bands only. QSL M 0 oxo DJ6TF, DK1BT, DL7DF and DL7UFR. Signing stroke OHX from Talazak Island between June the 3rd through to the 12th. Their operations will be on 160 through 6 metres using CWSSB and RITI and PSK31. They will upload the full logs of the expedition to Logbook of the World. QSL via DL7DF. PA125VVG to celebrate artist Vincent van Gogh. Several radio amateurs of the Section 54 of the Netherlands National Amateur Radio Society, the Viron, will bring the special call PA125VVG from Monday, May 11th until Sunday, June the 7th to the air. This is in commemoration of the life of Dutch painter Vincent van Gogh. For all QSOs made with PA125VVG, a special QSL card via the Bureau. A special digital award will also be available. PT70FEB celebrates the end of World War II. PT70FEB is a special event station that is operating throughout May. This to celebrate 70 years of the end of World War II and a tribute to the Brazilian Expeditionary Force Italian campaign. Operations will be on most of the high-frequency bands using SSB, CW and RITI. QSLs go to PS7AB. Terry, G4POP, will operate GB4FED, a special event call sign for VE Day. It is active now until May the 28th from the Royal Corinthian Yacht Club, Essex. The main activity is this weekend, 8th to 10th of May, to coincide with the Yacht Club's VE Day anniversary events. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ, Inningham.
from Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Let's have a look at some broadcast, monitoring, shortwave listener and scanner news. And starting off this brand new WIA year, we learn that a relay of the VK2WI news session is being undertaken by Marcus VK2SK at Bathurst on the 17 metre band. Frequency 18.125 MHz, upper sideband of course, with both the morning and evening sessions at 10am and 7.30pm. Reports are welcome either to Marcus VK2SK or the VK2WI callback email. The frequency again, 18.125 MHz in upper sideband. This national news service will be carried by VK2SK on the Sunday morning. I'm Brian VK3GR with this week's worldwide special interest group news. To the final frontier, Rosetta Mission finds Comet 67P not magnetised. Europe's Rosetta comet-chasing mission researchers announced that its subject, Comet 67P, has no magnetic field. According to a report by the European Space Agency, Rosetta's lander probe, Philae, took data from its multiple landing sites last November and radioed the information back to Earth. From this, researchers found that the surface of 67P is not magnetised. This news could provide some key insights into the formation of planets as well as comets during the early stages of development. Where over the world is astronaut Scott Kelly? During his year-long stay on the International Space Station, astronaut Scott Kelly wants to test your knowledge of the world through Geography Trivia Game on Twitter. Travelling more than 220 miles above Earth and at 17,500 miles per hour, he circumnavigates the globe more than a dozen times a day. This gives Kelly the opportunity to see and photograph various geographical locations on Earth. In fact, part of his job while in space is to capture images of Earth for scientific observations. Follow Station CDR Kelly on Twitter, and each Wednesday, Kelly will tweet a picture and ask the public to identify the place depicted in the photo. The first person to identify the place correctly will win an autographed copy of the picture. Kelly plans to continue posting weekly contest photos until he returns from the space station in March 2016. Now to Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio, Equine Endurance Event. Antark over in VK7 has been invited by the Northeast Equine Endurance Club, the NEEEC, to provide safety and event comms at their ride to be held at Labrina, Saturday the 16th of May. This is a one-day event, but camping facilities are available for those who may like to take their motorhome, caravan, camper trailer, tent or swag and stay overnight on the Friday. Now to Worldwide Special Interest Groups, VHF and above. New Transatlantic 144 Meg Beacon from County Cork Island. If you work this one from VK, we'll buy you lunch. EI2 DKH is a new Transatlantic 2-metre propagation beacon that became fully operational from County Cork in Ireland on April 12th. The beacon transmits in the JT65B mode with CW identifier on 144.488 MHz every even minute. It then listens for responses on 144.155 MHz every odd minute. Power output is 75 watts to a set of 5 element LFAQ in of antenna Yagis at 60 metres above mean sea level beaming due west. 
during major meteor showers, the beacon will switch to the FSK441 mode. That's all from me. I'm Brian, VK3GR. Getting near the end of WIA National News for another week on the social scene. May 9 to 10, it's the WIA AGM in Canberra. Hopefully next week we'll have the President and some of the WIA directors on board to tell us exactly what did take place yesterday, the Saturday. June 5 to 7 in VK4, Central Highlands Amateur Radio Club and Teresa Creek Camp out at Claremont. Queen's Birthday 40th Annual Oxley Region Field Day takes place June 6 and 7 in VK2. Whilst June 6 to 7 in VK5, it's the 51st Southeast Radio Group Convention and Australian Fox Hunting Championship. July 1, VK4, Caboolture Hamfest. July 11 to 12 in VK3, Gippstech 2015. July 18 in VK3, Gippsland Gate Radio and Electronics Club Hamfest at Cranbourne. And July 25 in VK3, Alara's 40th birthday lunch, Novotel, Glen Waverley. Hello everyone, I'm Donna VK3FRET and I'd like to remind you that Alara is celebrating its 40th birthday with a special luncheon on July 25th at the Novotel, Glen Waverley. All whales are invited and of course you may bring along your OMs. Please contact a VK3VIP at wia.org.au for full details. We would love to see you there. This is Donna, VK3FRET for Alara. Thanks, Donna. Well, that's it for our very first WIA broadcast of the 2015-16 WIA year. I'm Graham, VK4 Baker Baker. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1 WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.